Today I want to talk about uh, what it means to have clean hands and a pure heart. Really what it means to be obedient to the Lord. It's a huge topic. And I'm going to quote Chambers, Oswald Chambers. Very well known, obviously. Um, my highest for, my utmost for his highest. This is best known devotional, but of course he's has a ton of work out there. Talks a lot about the fact that the moment that you're saved, you have everything that you need for sanctification. I don't know why that would be controversial, but it is, and I believe it's semantic. So I want to talk about, that would be the title of this post is uh, Clean Hands and a Pure Heart. I want to start out with a quote from Oswald Chambers. The Holy Spirit does not become my spirit. He invades my spirit and lifts my personality into a right relationship with God. That means I can begin now to work out what God has worked in. just want to repeat that. That means I can begin now to work out what God has worked in. The Holy Spirit enables me to fulfill all the commands of God, and I am without excuse for not fulfilling them. Absolute, almighty ability is packed into my spirit, and to say I can't if I have received the Holy Spirit is unconscious blasphemy. Uh, I think uh, Oswald Chambers says a lot there. There's a lot to unpack there. So what Chambers is teaching here flies in the face of most modern evangelical teaching. He reaches up to the highest mark and tells us that we are without excuse when we cry out that we cannot reach it. Compare that to the modern evangelical teaching that reaches down into the lowest mark by telling people that they are merely sinners saved by grace. A very popular teaching nowadays. Can you see the difference? Chambers makes the bold statement that those that say they can't are unconscious blasphemers. I might say that he's, at least in my opinion, I think he's being generous by using the word unconscious. So the Holy Spirit, when he enters into a man or a woman, he invades them. Now we understand that word invade. It has violent connotations. It's a takeover, isn't it? And as with every successful invasion, all rebe rebellion must be put down. It's the same with us. The flesh wars against the spirit. Our own personal spirits are willing, but our flesh is weak. The Holy Spirit empowers us to overcome the flesh until we understand that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus through the power of his Spirit. If we indeed have been invaded by the Holy Spirit and delivered out of captivity, then what captivity have we been delivered from? We have been delivered from the power of sin. This teaching and all its many facets that Jesus came to deliver us from hell is just simply not true. That might be a byproduct of our salvation, but it was not nor is the primary object. The primary object is that we were delivered from the power of sin and its consequences. Its consequences being death, eternal death. We were guilty of sin and we were already condemned. The crime was sin, the punishment is hell. The gift is deliverance from sin, and the reward of that 
is eternal life with God. Now imagine being delivered from the power of sin and you go right on sinning and you excuse it by saying, I can't stop it. If that's your mindset, then I would have to question whether you have actually been delivered. I would question whether you have been invaded by the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm a city boy and I know nothing about trees. For the most part, I cannot identify them other than the fact that they're green and they have branches. Yeah, I know what an apple looks like. But I see apples hanging from a tree. You know what? I can say with all confidence, with the greatest of experts, that this is an apple tree. Now listen, if you've been delivered from sin, I will know you by the fruits that I see. In other words, you'll be known by your fruits. If you have no fruits, and all you have is, I am just a sinner saved by grace, then I would consider you to be on very shaky ground. Listen to the, this follow-up quote from Chambers. Do you mean to tell me that God can search me to the innermost recesses of my dreams, my innermost motives, and find nothing to blame? That God Almighty can bring the winnowing fan of his spirit and search out my thoughts and imaginations and find nothing to blame? Who can stand before God and say, my hands are clean, my heart is pure? Who could climb the hill of the Lord? See Psalm 23, uh, 24 verses 3 to 4. No one under heaven saying that the one, no one under heaven saving the one who has been readjusted at the cross of Christ. That one can stand before the scrutiny of God and know with a knowledge that passes knowledge that the work of God's son in her or in him passes the scrutiny of God. No soul ever gets there except by the sovereign grace of God through the atonement. Now, brothers and sisters, when was the last time you heard that kind of preaching, that kind of teaching? You have everything that you need in Christ Jesus through his work and by his spirit to live an exemplary life and to be an extraordinary witness for his glory. You can walk this walk with clean hands. You can walk this walk with a pure heart. Psalm 16, 3, verse 3 speaks of the saints of the earth. They are described as the excellent ones, the magnificent ones, the noble ones on the earth. This is our calling and this is what we've been enabled to do. To deny this is simply blasphemy. You're denying the power of God that has invaded and conquered your willing hearts. And now that we have been conquered, he enables us to be conquerors. In fact, that we'd be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. The question in Romans 8 verse 35 is, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? The context comes in the next few words. Shall tribulation, shall distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? These are the battles of the noble ones, the saints on earth. And yet in spite of all these things, we conquer. In fact, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are saints on the earth. We are God's excellent ones and nothing exists, whether angels 
or principalities or powers, nor anything in your life right now, nor anything to come, can change who we are and who we love and who we are loved by. No matter how high we ascend, or even if we find ourselves in the depths and death has come knocking at our door, nothing can separate us from the love of God, which has forever taken up residence in our hearts through Christ Jesus. Your calling is a high one, brothers and sisters. Never let anyone, anything, persuade you otherwise. Will you walk according to your calling? Will you walk in the nobility of Christ who lives and reigns in you? Will you present to God clean hands and a pure heart? Now what would stop you from doing such a thing? Whatever it is, you have been empowered to overcome it and walk in the beauty of holiness. Begin today to walk in the holiness of God through Christ our Lord by the power of his Holy Spirit. You are his excellent ones in the earth. You are noble saints. You are priests and priestesses and a royal priesthood. That's your calling. That's the banner over you. Brothers and sisters, let's live out that calling. Let's live out that identity. Never let yourself be identified as a sinner saved by grace. Your identity is the, an excellent one, a saint, a child of the living God, called to live an exemplary life, an extraordinary life for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. That was the power from which you were endued on high to be a witness, according to the first chapter of Acts, to be a witness. You have to have the power to be a witness before you can witness. You see? That's what we've been called to, right? To be witnesses. And we're empowered to be witnesses. And our lives have to line up with the words that we are speaking. God will use you, saint. Let's walk that walk today.